1: Welcome to the Money Answer Show with host Jordan Goodman. Whether you are starting out deep into your retirement or somewhere in between, the Money Answer Show has the know-how to help you. Now here's your host, Jordan Goodman.
2: Welcome to the Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Curtis Arnold, uh, who is the founder of CardRatings.com, uh, also the author of a book, How to Profit from Credit Cards. Welcome to the show, Curtis.
3: Hey, good to be back, Jordan. Thank you.
2: Great to be with you again. Um, okay, let's just kind of set the scene here. Uh, we had this major credit card law, uh, which has now fully gone into effect. Uh, overall, before we get to some of the specifics, do you think it has been helping or hurting consumers since it's gone into effect? Yeah, you
3: know, that is a mixed bag, <laughs> tough to answer question, but I'm happy to discuss it. I think overall, as we look back, this thing, it's been over a year now uh, when the president signed it into law and it was implemented in stages and the the final stage actually just got rolled in about a month ago um, so it has been fully implemented but i think overall it has been a positive for consumers and and i say that with with conditions but if nothing else jordan it has brought more attention to the need for financial literacy and more attention to uh... understanding credit cards and to the fact that there's a lot of uh egregious uh, uh, things involving credit cards, as you often addressed on your show.
2: Indeed. All right, well, let's start with some of the areas that are affecting people the most. The first one is interest rates. Um, since this law has gone into effect, have interest rates gone up? And if so, how much from where they were before the law?
3: Well, they have gone up. Um, the Wall Street Journal did a bit of article on this feature article not too long ago. And they showed, and this is interesting, uh, we've tried to expose this as well on CardRatings.com, but the cost uh, for banks to borrow funds uh, tied to what's called the prime rate has gone down as interest rates have been cut by the feds. (laughs) And you would think uh, as a result, because uh, almost every credit card under the sun is tied to the prime rate, And so it's a, you know, the cards today, Jordan, are variable rate cards. The fixed rate cards are pretty much a thing of the past. And I think that's another casualty of the CARD Act that we can discuss later. But anyway, instead of going lockstep in parallel, we've actually seen credit card rates uh, go higher while while the Fed rates have gone down, or the cost of borrowing funds for the banks. So there's something wrong with that equation and i would say overall rates definitely have picked up uh... depending on which uh... we do this for the new york state banking department and i think we at card ratings have the most comprehensive uh... you know comparison and listing of cards anywhere in, in terms of the data points we're tracking but we've seen rates you know go up uh, depending on the source you're citing anywhere from uh... two to three points over the last few years uh... so definitely they've gone up, and and that's not good news for consumers, especially when the Feds have been cutting rates, and um, especially now that we've got all these credit card so-called protections. Uh, So this is one of the negative uh, consequences. Now, Jordan, I don't tie all this to the CARD Act. I think that's unfair to say that interest rate hikes are, are because of the CARD Act. But I think it propelled it. You've also got the the big credit crunch that we all went through. Unless you've been living under a, a rock, uh, we're coming out of that credit crunch. Some, I mean, credit's still hard to obtain for the most part. Uh, but there has been some loosening. Uh, so I I blame part of this on natural, uh, you know, economic factors, i.e., the credit crunch. But I think it created a perfect storm type scenario when you add that with the CARD Act, which basically Jordan and I was looking at this yesterday. Um, analysts, uh, you know, predict it's going to cost the industry billions of dollars in lost revenue. Now I'm not trying to get us to feel sorry for the, the card industry, but they're for-profit institutions. And uh, believe me, they're not going to take this lying down.
2: So, they're no, so you're saying they've, they've the raised up. they've raised interest rates to make up for the lost revenue uh, that the CARD Act is costing them in other ways.
3: Precisely. I think that's that's definitely part of it. Again, I don't blame it all on the CARD Act, but I do blame part of it. And I think it it's a perfect storm type scenario. Um, now, the American Bankers Association, Jordan, they will say if you look at when this industry was deregulated. Uh, around 1980 they'll say one of the results positive results for consumers was that average rates did fall and that is true um, so i think there's something to it now having said all this actually in the last few months we've seen rates on CardRatings.com uh... come down some particularly these teaser are uh, low introductory rates um, geez there's a card from citibank for example that was zero percent for 12 months, uh, and then it became a, a earlier this year they they lengthened that term to zero percent for 15 months, and most recently in the last few months, this uh, City Platinum Select Mastercard that's featured on our site is zero percent for 18 months, which is phenomenal. That's on balance transfers, and then zero percent also for 12 months on purchases.
2: Is this because that the credit card companies have been losing business? People have been closing down their accounts, so they're not able to put the money out. They've got to do something dramatic to bring in business.
3: I think that's part of it, but we are definitely turning the corner in terms of the credit card industry. Uh, I and mean, you know, there there's a lot getting a lot more aggressive uh, in terms of uh, direct mail, for example. They're sending out a lot more direct mail than they were a year ago. Again, coming out of this credit crunch and particularly defaults and charge-offs. Those are looking better for the industry. And honestly, now that the CARD Act is fully implemented, Jordan, here's an interesting uh, uh, perspective. I've always said, Jordan, that this uh, card industry can be profitable, uh, highly profitable even, and be consumer-friendly. Uh, now, <laughs> you know, I've been scoffed at over the years. I've said this for over a decade because, you know, first thing you think of most people when you hear a credit card is, uh, you know, gouging you in the eye, the notorious fine print. Well, I think the industry, now that they're being regulated, are realizing that, hey, we can still make money, we can still survive, and be, you know, not do all this egregious stuff. Not that they aren't looking for loopholes and haven't found loopholes, but I think some of them are waking up to the fact that, hey, we brought a lot of this honor to ourselves. You know, with all this, you know fine print and all the practices, notorious practices that our industry has been associated with, we've run off and disenfranchised a lot of folks who, by the way, these are the folks that are using debit cards now in cash. Yeah. Uh, Overall, oh, consumer season.
2: credit outstanding has actually been falling, right?
3: Yeah, exactly. Credit card debt, and that's a good thing. We're paying down debt using more debit cards, cash. But in the process, they've run off a lot of customers. And I think they're waking up to the fact that, hey, you know, these kind of practices that we've been associated in the past with, they help when it comes to short-term gain revenue. But long-term, it's not a good thing. And and I'm optimistic, the eternal optimist, Jordan, that that a few of them are kind of waking up to this fact.
2: Uh, How about rate hikes where uh, people had a rate and then – even though they didn't pay late it didn't do anything wrong, they've had the hike going pretty dramatically up to 25 or 29%. What is behind all that?
3: Yeah, there it was uh, these ra- these penalty APRs is what they're called, um, are still very much uh, in place. If you're more than 60 days late on a payment, uh, that is one, uh, when a penalty APR typically will kick in. Now, there was a study done by the Health Group, and we talk about this on card ratings, and they said the median penalty interest rate right now is a whopping 29.99%. That's almost 30%. Uh, That's pretty darn steep, Uh, (laughs) any way you slice it, Uh, and and quite frankly, scary. So what the Card Act did do, it provided a lot of protections as consumers, but it didn't put a cap on interest rates. Moreover, these penalty APRs, which again it, it's a little confusing because these are not your normal purchase APRs. Uh, this is a, uh, a thing that'll kick in, like, like I said, if you're 60 days late, for example. Um, but they are uh, through the roof. And uh, you but know, you don't necessarily
2: you won't necessarily have to have been paid been paying late to get hit with that kind of right. Some people even if they're paying on time will still pay almost 30 percent.
3: Well, yeah, I mean, it, it, uh, there's, there's different things that engage this penalty APR. You need to check um, with your issuer. Uh, but there are rates. Um, again, there's no cap on rates. So actually, if you look at subprime credit cards, which are for people with uh, poor or, or limited credit or no credit, uh, there are still a few of those around. A lot of them have fallen by the wayside, thankfully. Uh, due to the credit crunch. And the Card Act takes a pretty hard uh, uh, stance on, on these subprime cards and limiting the fees. Uh, so that's a good thing. But well, they've limited the fees on these subprime cards because it used to, Jordan, I think we've talked about this before, they'd give you a uh, total ripoff. They'd give you $200 available credit as a uh, when you first got approved for one of these cards unsecured which sounded great, but then they would charge you about 175 bucks <laughs> in fees the first year <laughs> and leave you about $25 available credit. Now they're limiting the fees thanks to the CARD Act that they can charge you um, based on how much available credit. So they can no longer charge that $175. They can still charge some fees, but not near that much. That's great. Well, their response has been, and this is, goes back to our point earlier, we've got one... Company I'm aware of on card ratings that we track, and they have back in the fall. and I don't mind naming names, I don't know your policy, but no, that's here, fine. the first that's fine. premier bank I'll take the flag. Mm-hmm. But uh, they have uh, we're experimenting them back then with a 79.99% not a penalty APR, a purchase APR to your point. Now, I've, I've, I've we looked at them earlier, and uh, to their credit, they've come down a little bit, at least to the They've got different, you know, price points. The one we saw was uh, a little bit more palatable recently. Fifty nine point nine nine percent doesn't <laughs> sound too palatable to me. I must say, uh, I, yeah, pal- I shouldn't use fifty nine point nine nine and palatable in the same.
2: Thing.
3: <laughs> Maybe uh, you know, uh, mob type talk. Uh, but,
2: but, but for people who are, in tr- you know, have low credit ratings, their income hasn't been great, or whatever. Uh, I mean either they're not getting credit at all, or it's unbelievably expensive right now, is what you're saying, is that right?
3: Unbelievably expensive, and that's why on card earnings we recommend secured credit cards. where you have to put up a security deposit, but at least then the interest rates are still going to be high, but typically mid to upper teens, you know, instead of 59.99%. But, yeah, if you have, uh, and that's one of the casualties, I think, of, of the Card Act and uh, the credit crunch even more so is these issuers have, uh, they, they got burned so bad with people writing off bad debt, and they took a big beating, so they've become very risk-averse. Now, again, they a lot of, I think a lot of it is them blaming themselves for their problems. I'm not trying to drum up sympathy. But one thing they've learned out of this is they've got to be a lot more selective in which um, consumers that they uh, approve cards for. And so their, what's called, fancy words, their underwriting uh, requirements have increased or their credit standards. And that's good overall, I think, for them and for consumers. Unfortunately, people with bad credit, though, are taking it on the chin because the options are very limited. And even uh, what's called in the industry, Jordan, near-prime uh, customers, which are somewhere between the subprime, the poor credit, and the good credit, which I kind of call, for layman's terms, average or fair credit, there's very few options for those folks
2: now. Okay. We're going to take a break. Uh, This is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Curtis Arnold, who is an expert on credit cards. He has a book out called How to Profit from Credit Cards. Uh, His service is called Card Ratings at CreditCardPerks.com. We'll be back after this. Up-to-date business and financial news. Call now and get the financial information you need. 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. The experts are here. Voice America Business Network. Hi, this is Jordan Goodman, host of The Money Answers Show. I cordially invite you to join me and some of my favorite investing experts for The Money Answers Investing Cruise from February 12th through February 19th, 2011, on board Holland America's luxurious MS Eurodam. In this volatile investing environment, good advice is more important than ever, and this exclusive Caribbean cruise offers not only fun, but also a full week of highly informative events with me and other top investing experts like Ray Lucia and Charles Payne from Fox News Network. During seminars, panel discussions and Q&As, at cocktail parties and at dinners, We will discuss current market conditions and the best places for your investment dollars. Meanwhile, luxuriate in the amenities of Holland America's newest ship and visit some of the best ports for shopping, sightseeing, and sunning. For more information, go to www.moneyanswerscruise.com or call 800-707-1634. That's 800-707-1634. And don't delay, because spaces are limited.
1: When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan.
2: Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Curtis Arnold. Uh, who is the president of Card Ratings. Uh, He has also written a book about credit cards called called How to Profit from Credit Cards. Welcome back to the show, Curtis.
3: Hey, good to be back, George.
2: We we were talking about people who are having trouble with credit or or low incomes or bad credit scores. Uh, Secured credit cards is always something that uh, has been said as as a solution for them. What, What is happening in secured credit cards these days?
3: Yeah, and again, secured cards are uh, somewhat <laughs> mysterious. And historically, anyone that heard the term secured credit card, it's had a bit of bad stigma associated with it. And that's uh, not undeserved, I mean, uh, because quite frankly, a secured card, uh, Jordan, operates like any other credit card. And only you and your the bank that issues the card know it's secured. And it typically... Now, you want to make sure it does report to the three major credit bureaus, TransUnion, Experian, Equifax, and most do, but verify that. Um, but anyway, it, you basically you put up a deposit. It's like opening up a savings account, quite frankly, Jordan. It's usually a minimum deposit uh, of $250, thereabouts. And so you, you send them a check. They open up a savings account with, that saves for $250 that you send in. Sometimes that account even earns interest, uh, albeit these days, <laughs> you know, we're talking less than, what, a half percent, Jordan, but, but every bit helps. And so that's another thing to ask, Do they pay interest on your money, because it is your money. But basically, they will open a credit card, and your limit will be dollar for dollar matched based on how much money you put up. So you put up $250, you get a $250 uh, credit line. Our limit.
2: Has so that changed lately?
3: That's a, uh, it's a cool way because the interest rates again are more palatable again relatively speaking compared to the 30 plus 60 percent interest. You're, you're looking for teens, mid teens Now these secured cards still have annual fees typically but they're usually nominal and you want to avoid if you see any over 20, 30 bucks uh, stay away. We rate these on cardratings.com uh, and they're not all, but they're generally consumer friendly, but you still want a comparison shop because we ran across, and again, secured cards are usually touted as being consumer friendly, but we ran across one in our recent survey, Jordan, that I was kind of looking through this thing and skimming over, and I looked at grace period. Now, that's something you normally kind of glaze over. You do want to look at it, but it's typically 20 to 25 days. That's your grace period which is, you know, the the time you have before to make a payment to pay off your balance or make the minimum payment before you incur interest. I'm sure your listeners are familiar. Anyway, point being, grace period on this secured credit card where they're using your own money to secure your credit line uh, was zero days. (laughs) There That's not much of a
2: grace period. (laughs) period.
3: And my eyes about popped out of my head. Uh, What that means, Jordan, is... Whenever you use that credit card to make a purchase, that day one, your interest uh, starts accruing, your finance charges or your interest. You have no grace period on this card. And by the way, although grace periods uh, were somewhat addressed in the Card Act, there's no limit. There's nothing in this new law saying they have to even give you a grace period. Now, there's talk language about they have to mail your payment. Our bill, rather, 21 days before the payments due, and that's confusing because a lot of people would assume that's talking about a grace period, and which brings up a bigger point, Jordan. Uh, a lot of this language in this Card Act is is pretty darn confusing, and I think open to interpretation. Now we've got a, a pretty staunch consumer advocate, to say the least, that's going to head up, in Elizabeth Warren head up this new consumer protection agency. And I'm hoping that um, she continues her uh, tradition of fighting for consumers. Sure, she will. But I see a lot of language and verbiage in this that I have question marks about in terms of what does this mean.
2: In the secured area, if you have a secured credit card and you're paying responsibly on it after, say, 18 months or so, does that make it easier to graduate to an unsecured card?
3: Yeah, it really does. Um, What I recommend you do uh, if you're looking at a secured card, trying to rebuild or build your credit. Uh, And incidentally, you're you're looking for a good credit score, uh, at least for credit cards, would be 730 as a FICO score or higher. You know, mortgage is a little bit different animal that you're uh, very familiar with, Jordan, obviously. But when it comes to credit cards, you're going to get the best credit cards, best rates, best perks, rewards, if you're in that 730, 740 range. So you start out, you apply for a secured card. I recommend you pull your credit, uh, not just your report, but you get your score. Uh, The FICO is the most popular. uh, As you know, there's a lot of versions out there, uh, Jordan. But you get your FICO score, uh, Fair Isaac and Company, when you apply. And then you'll kind of know at a point in time before you get your secured card where you're at. You use that secured card responsibly for about, like you said, 18 months then you pull your score again. And hopefully you say you had a 600, which would be you know subprime range. Well hopefully it's not uncommon you can bump up you know 50 points or more in the course of that time. Again, assuming you're making your payments on time, uh, and you can uh, actually hurt your credit with a secured card because they're going to report both positive payment history and negative. So if you don't pay your bills, it could end up backfiring on you. Um, But these secured cards are funny because the banks have nothing to lose. (laughs) If you get behind on your payments, all they're going to do is seize your security deposit and close your account, and they've got your $250 that you initially sent in. So it's quite the uh, nice business model for them.
2: (laughs) Let's talk about student credit cards. Now, part of the Credit Card Act was uh, under age 21. uh, You can't get a credit card without independent proof of income you have to get a co-signer that's now gone to effect what has been the change so far are the credit card companies still marketing uh, to college students as much as before and trying to get co-signers or how's it working
3: yeah the student card uh, industry is, is is a little bit of a uh, unique animal um, <clears throat> it's, <coughs> it's one of my passions I volunteer our, uh, co-chairman of a uh, national organization called jumpstart and have for years here in Arkansas that tries to reach out to students to teach them how to use credit responsibly, and we all know Jordan. If you're, especially if you're a parent, that these student credit cards have been ticking time bombs for, for umpteen years. That's no secret. Uh, so what the Card Act did, it took a pretty hard stance, and I think it's good uh, to some degree. And they said that if you're you can't get a student credit card on your own as a student, full-time student until you're 21 unless you get a uh, cosigner to sign uh, when you apply to sign as a cosigner on the account, a joint applicant, if you will. Uh, that is uh, typically going to be a parent, and I've got a son, a son that's a sophomore in college, and I, I can tell you this, like a lot of parents, I'm not really comfortable cosigning for my son to get a credit card when he's 18, 19. So a lot of parents I don't think are going to do that. The other exception would be they would have to have um, proof of income uh, to cover their debts. Uh, they can't qualify um, without a cosigner unless they have proof of income. I think that's good because, Jordan, as you and I know, uh, and some of your listeners probably know well, it, for years the standard uh, modus operandi, if that's or whatever the... Is of these credit card companies was if you're 18 and you have a heartbeat and you're in college, you can get even thousands of dollars of unsecured credit with no income. Now, that's nuts. That's how bad it had gotten.
2: It's because I thought now, that the parents would bail them out, basically, right?
3: Yeah, and a lot of the issuers knew that, that their parents would, would bail them out. But now you've got, again, a hard-nosed approach to this, so I think that's good, especially the income requirement. I mean, come on, you've got to, <laughs> you're, uh, you have no job, and you're getting thousands of dollars of unsecured credit. whats That's the recipe for disaster, both for the issuer and the student. But um, but at the same time, I've got a little mixed feelings, because Jordan, in this country, as you uh, know, you turn 18, you can go off to uh, Afghanistan and, and fight for a country, but... You can't get a credit card now without a cosigner if you're a student, and, and I don't know. I We're making the assumption here, Jordan, that 100% of our students out there in college can't use credit responsibly. I think the vast majority can't, including my own son, but I think there are a few good apples out there. So I've got somewhat mixed feelings. Again, overall, I think it's a positive, but, so, but, but for this people market's in- going to change, I think. It's going to become less attractive to the issuers because of all the uh, the regulation. Uh, there's still, you know, there's still student credit cards out there, and there are loopholes. I mean, they can still, uh, you know, market off campus or real close to the campus, um,
2: but, but not at football uh, games anymore, right? They can't. What? Be, they can't be at football games or basketball games anymore.
3: Yeah, they're limited, and, and also, you know, in terms of giving out freebies and. Uh, you know, free T-shirts and stuff, and that, you know, that always bothered me. So uh, the, that real aggressive marketing, marketing. the CARD Act does address uh, some of that. The big problem I see, Jordan, though, uh, the downside of the CARD Act is I think legislators are really, and I hope Elizabeth Warren um, addresses this, because uh, this is part of the new Consumer Protection Agency, and I'm talking about financial literacy um, our students and our adults alike, not just our students, are flunking personal finance 101. It's not being taught in most schools. Uh, in fact, I just met with a representative here, state representative here in Arkansas this morning that sponsored a bill that, unfortunately, in Arkansas it did become law and went into effect this fall that required uh, economic education, a component of financial literacy within that, of all um, juniors in high school across the state. So, you know, I'm proud to say Arkansas is doing that, but many states haven't, um, and there's no federal law. Uh, So, my problem with the the CARD Act is, and again, overall I'm positive on it, but I think one of the big downsides is financial literacy was just kind of uh, touched on and not even uh, addressed very much at all. Uh, You know, we need to be requiring as a life skill, and I think it starts. High school and even the, all, all the way down to my five-year-old uh, needs to be taught. I mean, they're at a are at a perfect teaching age to teach them how to save. Uh, you know, saving is a habit. Um, I love Sammy Rabbit. He he tries to teach kids. A friend of mine, Sam Renning, um, and play. You know, he's got a CD, and I play that CD for our kids, and I want to instill in them that an early age start putting money aside in a piggy bank, we actually use a moon jar. But if you start out at an early age and to cultivate that and our kids are exposed, I think our country would be in a much better shape, and we wouldn't have a need as much for for credit card regulation. Because at the end of the day, best defense for us as consumers, Jordan, is ourselves. I've said that from day one. We do need some regulation to rein in these issuers, credit card issuers, but they're going to come up with loopholes. They're going to come up with new fees. And end of the day, the federal government—we can't. I mean, we got to take some, own up, and take some share responsibility here as consumers. We can't expect them to bail us out for everything.
2: Okay, we've got to take a break. Uh, this is Jordan Goodman of the Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Curtis Arnold. Uh, Who is the president of Card Ratings? He has a book out called How to Profit from Credit Cards, and we'll be speaking more about credit cards after this break.
3: the market's up or down. Or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America
2: Business Network. Hi, this is Jordan Goodman, host of the Money Answer Show. I cordially invite you to join me and some of my favorite investing experts, for the Money Answers Investing Cruise from February 12th through February 19th, 2011, on board Holland America's luxurious MS Eurodam. In this volatile investing environment, good advice is more important than ever, and this exclusive Caribbean Cruise offers not only fun, but also a full week of highly informative events with me and other top investing experts like Ray Lucia and Charles Payne from Fox News Network. During seminars, panel discussions and Q&As, At cocktail parties and at dinners, we will discuss current market conditions and the best places for your investment dollars. Meanwhile, luxuriate in the amenities of Holland America's newest ship and visit some of the best ports for shopping, sightseeing, and sunning. For more information, go to www.moneyanswerscruise.com or call 800-707-1634. That's 800-707-1634. And don't delay because spaces are limited. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network.
1: You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan.
2: Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman. My guest this hour is Curtis Arnold. Uh, he is the author of a book called How to Profit from Credit Cards. Uh, he also runs a website called cardratings.com. Uh, welcome back to the show, Curtis.
3: Hey, glad to be back, Gordon.
2: Another area I want to talk about is fees. Um, what has happened to fees since the Card Act has gone into effect? What fees have gone away? What new fees have been imposed? And how should consumers deal with them?
3: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Talked about rates. Um, fees are the other uh, big topic of discussion. Uh, and at the end of the day, this is important. We need to, because uh, this comes out of our pocketbook, and you can kind of get nickel and dime quickly. Uh, thanks to the CARD Act, the uh, over limit fees, um, in many instances, have gone away. Um, you know, issuers just kind of scrapping it, and that was, again, encouraged by the CARD Act. Um, so over limit fees um, aren't near as bad as they were. Um, now, late fees um, have also been uh, limited on uh, this latest round of uh, that kicked in on August, uh, what was it, 22nd, I think. Um, so that's good, I mean, in terms of uh, how much they can charge. And there's, there's, there's kind of the spirit of the law, Jordan, is, is that, um, you know, geez, uh, you shouldn't be paying fees through the roof. Uh, for being, you know, one time late or whatever. Um, and so that's, that's all a good thing. Um, so I think fees, although the trend has been over the last several years, fees have gone up, uh, fees are, are coming down in that regard, uh, those two types of fees. But uh, as you might well expect, Jordan, uh, <laughs> it's not all a bed of roses. Um, because balance transfer fees um, have gone literally through the roof in the last couple of years. Um, geez, it wasn't a lot long ago on cardratings.com that we had numerous no-fee balance transfer offers. Well, those things, no-fee balance transfer offers are, uh, uh, if your listeners know of one, I'd like to know about it. And we do a pretty extensive survey of with literally hundreds and hundreds of cards, and uh, I haven't seen one. Not that they're not out there, but I was. Just, yeah, <laughs> I'd so, like to know.
2: Uh, and they, anyway. they're going as high as five percent in some cases, right? Yeah, and
3: that's numbers. the. And even the the ones that had fees in the past, they would cap that fee off at fifty bucks, seventy-five bucks max. Now it's not uncommon to see fees as high as again five percent. With no cap, and so it really coming out of the gate, particularly as balance transfers, you can be in the hole. Uh, it can still make sense, particularly if you've got a higher rate card that you're transferring the balance from. But uh, you really got to do the math more than ever before because uh, you know if you're transferring from a uh, a nine percent or say nine point nine percent card to one that's you know. Has a teaser rate of three nine nine, and it's got a five percent fee. Well, that's four percent plus five. <laughs> You're back up at nine percent. Yeah. Uh, so it's really not uh, doing you a heck of a lot of good in, in some cases, but it, in many cases it still can make sense. But you got to watch that fee. So that's the an example. And again, balance transfer fees were not addressed. Uh, annual fees have definitely gone up, um, particularly on reward cards. Uh, now they're still I haven't said that. I don't give the wrong impression because, gosh, a year ago, you know, people, some analysts, some quote unquote personal finance experts, even, were kind of doom and gloom profits and said, you know, that, geez, after the Card Act's implemented, uh, there's going to be there's no, no fee cards are, are going to be ex- non existent, that every card's going to have an annual fee, and that the sky's going to, you know, is falling. Has not happened. There's still a ton of no-fee cards, Even uh, there's, but there's not there's not as much as there was, um, and, again, particularly, I think, reward cards. Um, but they haven't gone through the roof at the same time, although they've ticked up some. Um, so annual fees are, are still around, but, again, there's still a lot of no-fee cards. Now, foreign transaction fees, they're still there. Um, and the Card Act, as far as I know, didn't address those. Um, and there's new fees that are, uh, that are popping up. Uh, one that we saw was an inactivity fee <laughs> that we've never really seen much of before. Uh, basically, you don't use your card. You get charged a fee every year. Well, now, good news is on August 22nd is this latest round of the Card Act, inactivity fees were banned. Um, so... But I've still got in my mind's eye, and this is a question I like to ask someone from the Feds or Elizabeth Warren directly. Does this include because Citibank on, on a, some of their accounts started charging? Uh, we heard of, started hearing complaints about this last year, actually. But they started charging a, a if you didn't basically if you didn't use your card so much a month, like I think it was like two hundred dollars in one instance, that you would be charged a fee. So it's almost like a I see it personally as an inactivity fee.
2: They call they, it a minimum they, use fee, I think right. do what? They call it a minimum use fee. Yeah, but they I think you know technically you could you could label it a, a minimum usage fee.
3: Bottom line is, to me, it seems like an inactivity fee. You don't use your account X
2: much. So or, the regulators are not seeing minimum use as the same thing as inactivity, even though they really are the same thing.
3: I don't know. See, again, this is stuff that, that there's a lot of question marks. Uh, And we've talked to issuers directly recently. We've tried to get answers to these type of questions. And the experts really don't know. Uh, I mean, who knows? I don't know.
2: Are there other fees that they've been adding recently that kind of sneaky that people don't realize? Yeah,
3: there is an interesting fee called a reinstatement fee that we saw sprung up out of nowhere. And I was like, what the heck is this? I've covered the industry over a decade for cardratings.com. This is basically a fee where they uh, hold your reward points hostage if you make a late payment, if you're late on your account making your payments. And when I say hostage, you know, let's say you racked up 20,000 or twenty thousand points, Jordan, on a reward card, and you're getting close to cashing that in for a, a nice uh, round-trip uh, airline ticket across country, uh, and then you're late on a payment for whatever reason, and we're all late on occasion uh, for legitimate reasons. Then they're going to hold your points hostage and you can't redeem them until you pay this reinstatement fee, um, which, again, not every issuer is doing this, but we've seen a few. Now, strangely enough, and I'm still, <laughs> again, this industry is uh, uh, full of surprises, but uh, I've <laughs> Citibank started a reinstatement fee last summer, I think it was. Uh, but their fee as far as i know when they first introduced it was zero they introduced the fee but it was zero and i need to follow up with them but last time i checked it was still zero but <laughs> like, what, what's uh, i won't go into that i think i know why they introduced it to zero i think you're going to see it tick, tick up but i think they just wanted folks to get comfortable with the idea of a reinstatement fee and what it was because again it's so far out there but uh, I'm sure they have a reason. I'm sure they don't plan on keeping the fee zero forever.
2: In, in the rewards area, uh, have it, has it become you have to spend more money to get the same level of rewards or rewards are less rewarding than they used to be? What is the trend there? Well,
3: it's not you know, not as bad as you'd think. And, uh, the reward cards haven't taken a hit. that A lot of people thought, again, issuers are getting more aggressive. That's the latest trends we're seeing. And uh, they're dangling. To get more aggressive in this industry, you have to dangle bigger carrots. That could be in the form of it. We mentioned that Citibank uh, credit card that's going out 0% for 18 months. That can be That's on the rate side. On the reward side, to get, you know, this, this, quite honestly, Jordan, uh, this country is saturated with credit cards. <laughs> not a big newsflash there. And so to attract new customers, there's no new customers out there that they can really target. Uh, and so they have to go on after generally after existing customers and take them away from their competitors. To do that, you got to basically dangle bigger carrots, particularly when it comes to rewards. So we're still seeing some aggressive, uh, we're seeing more aggressive reward offers out there. Uh, there has been some, some scaling back, but it, it's kind of been a bigger trend we've seen in the last couple of years. I wouldn't say anything um, you know, outlandish at all. There's still some great reward cards out there, and I love them. Uh, my book, How You Can Profit from Credit Cards. See, my wife and I, we get uh, this year cash back card. We got over eleven, twelve hundred dollars cash back, uh, which is a nice shot in the arm after Christmas when you're trying to pay down your uh, your Christmas bills. To see, it's actually we get a credit on our account. Uh, same difference for me. But there are still some great reward cards out out there. Uh, we rate them on card ratings, but you got to be careful. Um, classic example, real quickly, um, some issuers are advertising 5% back now. Uh, and this is kind of every quarter, typically, and this has been a, a, late, uh, a late trend we've seen recently, and that is to go to a, a, a 5% cashback offer that rotates seasonally every quarter. So in the summer, um, you know, Chase is doing this, uh, Discover's doing this, uh, maybe one or two others. But every quarter they will give you five percent back. Right now, you know, it would be like summer would be um, travel, uh, back to school stuff, and you know, you, you go sh- use your card anywhere for back to school type stuff, you get five percent. It sounds great, five percent. Wow, not you know, not knock you on the. Knock your socks off, kind of deal. But, and it is good. Uh, the catch is, <laughs> and I was actually talking to a representative yesterday about this with Chase. Uh, he reminded me about the five percent offers. He said, "Mr. Arnold, you I see, you're signed up for you know this Freedom credit card. You signed up for our five percent uh, rebate program that changes every quarter." And I said, "Yeah, yeah," and I didn't. You know, I didn't tell him I <laughs> who I was. I said, "Fine, I want to opt into that." That's the kicker, Jordan. These programs, invariably, you have to opt in every quarter to remain active in the, in the 5% to get the 5% rebate, bottom line.
2: And a lot of people just don't get around to that, probably.
3: No, not every quarter. I mean, you might do it one quarter, but are you going to. I mean, we're all busy. I mean, right. who's going to set their calendar and call back three months later to opt in for the next quarter's promotions, 5% promotions? It gets you get that way. So. Some of this is, is fluff. If you see um, if you see an offer and it sounds too good to be true, there's got to be some fine print. Yeah. And it's not hard to opt in. I mean, you can do it online, I think, as well in some cases. But it's a hassle factor anyway. You you slice
2: it. Okay, we're going to take a break. Uh, this is Jordan Goodman of the Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Curtis Arnold. Uh, he has a book called How to Profit from Credit Cards. Uh, his website is cardratings.com. Hi, this is Jordan Goodman, host of The Money Answers Show. I cordially invite you to join me and some of my favorite investing experts for the Money Answers Investing Cruise from February 12th through February 19th, 2011 on board Holland America's luxurious MS Eurodam. In this volatile investing environment, good advice is more important than ever, and this exclusive Caribbean cruise offers not only fun, but also a full week of highly informative events with me and other top investing experts like Ray Lucia and Charles Payne from Fox News Network. During seminars, panel discussions, and Q&As, at cocktail parties and at dinners, we will discuss current market conditions and the best places for your investment dollars. Meanwhile, luxuriate in the amenities of Holland America's newest ship and visit some of the best ports for shopping, sightseeing, and sunning. For more information, go to www.MoneyAnswersCruise.com or call 800-707-1634. That's 800-707-1634. And don't delay because spaces are limited.
1: Voice America Business Network. The bottom line in business. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866 472 5790. That's 866 472 5790. Now back to Jordan.
2: Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman. Your host, my guest this hour, is Curtis Arnold. Uh, he is the uh, director of uh, CardRatings.com, an expert on credit cards. He has a book out called How to Profit from Credit Cards. Welcome back, Curtis thank you Jordan. we also wanted to talk about uh, what's happening with credit limits uh, banks have been cutting uh, credit limits and credit cards pretty dramatically is that going to continue or is that pretty much over where do things stand on the limits of uh, credit outstanding
3: yeah the the credit limits boy during the height of the of the uh, credit crunch man they were being slashed left and right um and i'm sure your listeners have horror stories of uh, i mean some cases uh limits were cut more than fifty percent gosh I remember talking a year or two ago where there was a practice at that time where issuers would actually cut your limit just barely above your existing balance so let's say you had a $5,000 balance they would cut your limit and you got a $10,000 limit they would cut your limit or cut your credit lines so much so that your new limit would be $5,100 leaving you only a hundred bucks or nothing available uh, and, and so that's how bad it had gotten. Fortunately, um, gosh, since this, this year in particular, it's not near as bad. Uh, we're not hearing those horror stories. I think the worst uh, things are behind us, uh, hopefully. Um, not to say that credit lines still aren't being cut. Um, it's happening, but it's not happening near as widespread. Uh, on Carterings.com, we're not hearing from folks near as much. Uh, and, and in fact, and this was even true during the credit crunch, uh, there still are, we just never heard about it cause, You know, the, the negative things is what makes news, but there were still credit lines that were being increased uh, during the CARD Act. And I had uh, our credit crunch. Uh, by the way, cr- credit lines and credit limits are not, not addressed in the CARD Act, so there's no you know, protections there. And I think that's probably good. I mean, we, you can't, I think you can go too far in regulating uh, any industry, and it, uh, it's a fine line. Uh, it's not an easy task that the uh, administration and our representatives had to regulate this industry because they are, they're well aware that we're in this credit crunch and they don't want to you know, have a lot of negative uh, consequences. So um, bottom line is, though, um, even now and during the credit crunch, there were still lines increased. I have had several cards that I've had for years, uh, many years, and they the limits were never touched, and pretty generous limits. Um, what has happened, though, is I think in general, the credit lines are not as generous. I mean, good Lord, uh, Jordan we <laughs> One of my best friends, he uh, is uh, from another country, and he got uh, he's become a U.S. citizen. But he got married and brought his wife over with him uh, a couple of years ago. It's probably been a few years now. This this uh, lady never, obviously, has had credit in the U.S. Never lived in the U.S. She suddenly, suddenly, shows up, gets married, um, and starts getting umpteen credit card offers to the tune of uh, I think she got one card it was twenty, thirty, forty thousand dollars in unsecured credit.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: I mean, unbelievable. <laughs> so they just, again, this industry went totally bonkers. Uh, just.
2: When they do cut your credit lines, and say the example you used, it went from ten thousand to fifty one hundred, and you have a five thousand dollar balance. Doesn't that hurt your credit score pretty badly? Because your percentage of credit line used goes up dramatically without you doing anything.
3: Yeah, and that's uh, something your listeners, if they're not already aware of, need to be aware of. That you ratio, the, the amount of credit or balance that you have based to your uh, compared to your uh, available credit or your credit limit. That's a ratio, and that's about 30% of your credit score. So it's a very significant. So the big downside, in addition to you losing all this spending ability or power as a consumer, uh, and perhaps even bigger downside is the hit it takes on your credit score. Um, and so suddenly, if, if in that scenario I described, your utilization ratio, a uh, fancy word that the credit scoring uh, agencies use, would have been about 50%. You've got a $5,000 balance. limit. If they cut your credit limit to $5,100, well, suddenly the percentage of your available credit you're using is on what, I don't have a calculator, but 99% or whatever. And anything, any utilization ratio, really over 10%, the higher it gets, the more it adversely affects your credit score, kind of an inverse uh, relationship there. And On the flip side, the lower your utilization is, the better. This is something uh, to be very mindful of, particularly when you're transferring balances because you get one of those 0% offers um, and it can be very tempting to want to transfer as much as possible to that 0% card in order to, to, to realize the, uh, the 0% savings on interest. But in so doing, if you max it out, your, credit, you know, your, your new credit card, then suddenly you could, uh, that utilization could be 99-plus percent, and your credit score could take a hit. And that has a whole host of ramifications that I know you've talked about many times uh, on this
2: show. What are the general trends in credit scores? Have they been going down because people have been uh, losing income and these things we just mentioned about their credit lines being cut? What is the general trend right now in credit scores?
3: I haven't looked at any recent trends, uh, uh, Jordan, but I'll say that... As we mentioned earlier, debt, we're shredding debt big time as consumers and have. That's been the, a big trend in the last 12 to 24 months. So, anytime you, sh- if you want to improve your credit score, shed your debt uh, because it helps those ratios and helps everything. Uh, and so, I would say if I was to guesstimate, again, I don't have any hard recent data, but I would say credit scores have been benefited from that overall. Uh, because that's a big part of your score. We're also, another reason I think they're higher is because we as consumers are not as delinquent as we were a year, two years ago. So the delinquency uh, reports from issuers, the number of their, you know, customers that are delinquent is becoming less. So that's a positive for credit scores, too. Uh, so overall, I think, again, this credit crunch has had some very uh, bad uh, fatalities uh, in terms of negative consequences, but there's a lot of silver linings, and this is one of them. And I think this is good. I mean, these are market conditions uh, at, at work in a free enterprise system, and I think that's a good thing. And, um, and, ho- and, I, and hopefully it will swing back, and we've got some, I'm going to end on some positive notes, and that is... I think this industry is coming out with, again, you can argue motiva- motivations, etc., but they're coming out with some very cool new products. Uh, Chase has got a, a new program that helps you pay down your debt. Uh, it's really cool. They invested a lot of money in it. A lot of issuers are doing this. Discover has got a similar product. Um, and, and who would have thunk, Jordan, ten, 5, 10 heck, even a year ago, <laughs> as far as that goes, that a credit card issuer would, would come out with tools to help you pay down your debt.
2: Yeah, that's not what usually the business they're in. <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, did the crazy. financial regulation bill that was passed over the summer affect things? I mean, some have say that the higher capital requirements for banks mean they're going to be lending less because they've got to take less risk, and this is going to exacerbate the credit crunch. What, what is your view of the impact of the financial regulation bill?
3: Well, um, I think there may be some merit to that. We haven't seen that uh, yet. Again, we're seeing more positive trends, and uh, and I think they're here to say, when you look across the board in terms of, uh, now, you know, things are never going to be like they were, Jordan. I mean, I don't think you're ever going to see uh, credit lines, and, you know, again, if you have a heartbeat, you get thousands of dollars of unsecured credit, or if you've got a 600 FICO score, getting unsecured credit, uh, I think things will be permanently changed. And I'm I'm convinced that's a good thing. We talked about the silver linings. But um, certainly the more – I think we've got enough regulation. I I am concerned, you know, with the new protection agency and the new laws that, again, there's a fine line there. You don't want to go too far where issuers just kind of throw up their hands and say – we're pulling out because, the end of the day, and as a disclaimer, I'm pro credit. End of the day, I've been on both sides. I pay, had over $40,000 in credit card debt coming out of graduate school, so I know that side. But now I'll make credit work for me. And, end of the day, if we can educate consumers on how to use credit responsibly again, going back to that financial literacy piece, uh, credit can be a really good thing and a really powerful thing for you as a consumer that comes to building wealth and your personal finances. So, and that message needs to get out because we, we know about the downsides and, and we've got all this regulation. But, hey, there's upside to it. I'm living proof. Um, I'm, I mean, I get credit card companies to pay me uh, these days to do business with them.
2: Sounds like and I kind of like that, Jordan. Absolutely. Well, thanks so much. Uh, my guest this hour at the Money Answer Show has been Curtis Arnold. Uh, he is the uh, author of a book called How to Profit from Credit Cards. Uh, He runs cardratings.com. There's another way you can get to that website, which is creditcardperks.com. Lots of changes going on in the whole world of credit cards, and I think you've got a pretty good sense of uh, how to play the game now. So thanks so much for being on The Money Answer Show, Curtis. Thanks again, Jordan. Have a great day. And we'll be back again with another edition of The Money Answer Show next week. Goodbye for now.
1: Thank you for joining Jordan Goodman and the Money Answer Show. If you have a question for Jordan, please visit his website at www.moneyanswers.com. And be sure to tune in every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time right here on Voice America Business. See you next week.
0: Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel.